Hello and welcome back to the Just Hoops podcast. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm here with Jacob today. We are in person together today. We are on the grind, let me tell you. It is 6.30 in the, before 6.30 in the morning. We are in a hotel in Florida. I'm not going to tell you our location because you guys might stalk us. Um, but we are on the grind right now. We're having fun. It's going to be a fun podcast, a little bit quicker. Um, just talking about what's going on in the NBA today. Uh but first things first, as always, Jacob, how we doing? How we doing? We're living the dream. Just absolutely fantastic. Uh, the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat won last night. Uh, Josh, your, uh, your thing hit last night also, um, which was due in part to, to me being fantastic at life. Um, got to see family yesterday, family 2.0. Um, can't complain. Gotta love the great state of Florida, you know, and, uh, we have reservations to hang out with Mickey for the next couple of days, so we can't really complain, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, um, to talk more about hoops, uh, it's been absolutely splendid to sit down and watch basketball at this high of a level, uh, along with that, we've even had some March Madness games on the television, um, some conference tournament stuff, not really uh, paying attention, but guys are competing. It's March. It's fun. Uh, love the energy. I'm going to be tuned into the ACC tournament for some peoples and just to see how everybody's doing. But um, as we are going into the NBA season now, we had some big shifts in uh, standing since the last time we got to talk to you guys uh, at the moment. Well, the Western Conference, dude, why are you shaking your head? No, the Pels are out. Portland's in. Uh, Clippers and Dallas drop. Minnesota and Golden State are in the top six. Phoenix moved up to four. They weren't four last time, right? Um, oh, well, uh, and then out east, you got the blazing hot Knicks. Just uh, cruising with a bruising. Uh, only two games, two or a game and a half behind Cleveland, who got a big win against Boston. Um, we are recording on Tuesday morning, by the way. So whatever games happen tonight, uh, things could shift. But um, everything's tight, tight as it's been. But uh, anything been catching your eye since you've been able to watch? Yes. Outside of the valley. <laughs> um. The Kings look amazing. Um, they're, I know they've, they lost the game to, uh, I forget who they played. I know they lost their game over the weekend, but um, they've been looking amazing, just ball movement. Uh, they lost to the Timberwolves, who are on a three-game winning streak, but they've won six out of their last seven. Um, they're just playing amazing basketball all you could hope for a top three team in the west um just moving the ball really well everybody's getting touches hurt or shooting the ball amazing over the past few weeks um i mean they're just they're kind of solidifying themselves in that third spot and i mean i don't know if we want to get into what's going on with john morant yet um but they're probably going to be able to get that two seed because of that they're only a half game back now um, of that two seed, and I mean, 
doesn't seem like John Morant's playing anytime soon. So uh, they'll probably be able to get that two seed. Phoenix will probably move up to that three seed. Uh, but I mean, they've been playing great basketball over the last two uh, since All Star break, and I'm excited to see if they could keep this going. Um, that's going to be a battle between them and Phoenix. It's going to be two games after Wednesday uh, between them and they play two games. So there's going to be two huge games between those two teams. Um, and then uh, we watched Denver last night uh, in a battle against the Raptors. I know you have it on right now. So you're, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit more than me. I mean, I saw they're getting out and running. Um, I mean, playing solid defense, just playing Denver basketball. Actually, my biggest takeaway was how Jokic was guarded. Jokic only ended up with uh, 17 points. Yes, he had a triple-double. But um, that type of how Den or how uh, the Raptors went at him with Ananobi as the primary, letting Potal flow off the ball and be that first line of help, I think that that was really creative and a really good way of, like, impeding on Jokic's game. Like, you're not going to slow him down. So uh, that was a creative thing, and I really liked it. But at the same time, Denver was just Denver moving the ball, playing with pace, getting up and down a little bit. Defensively looked really solid, uh, even for a team like the Raptors that's going out to off, out-offensive rebound you. Denver won the offensive rebound percentage in terms of four factors last night. Uh, just uh, – Another solid win, expanding their lead in the West, uh, currently first by seven games, and they're on a four-game streak, eight and two in their last ten. In terms of other numbers, they are currently, the last two weeks, their tenth in terms of point differential, twelfth uh, in offense, fourteenth in defense. Um, just solid, uh, holding on tight to what they got, um, but to shift things, uh, I think we need to spend a lot of time about New York. We haven't, talk, we haven't talked about Kevin Durant yet okay. in our previous podcast because he played on Wednesday. We recorded Tuesday. Okay. Oh, yeah, we have. We have. So uh, just a, we'll just touch on this a little bit because we've talked about Phoenix so much in the past few weeks. But um, they played their first game with Kev, first three games with Kevin Durant over the last week. Uh, we've been able to see what that's all going to look like. And a few things that stick out to me is their offense is just so seamless uh, since he's joined. It's only been three games, um, and their starting five is pl plus 60-something uh, in their limited minutes together because Kevin Durant's still on a minutes restriction. But they're getting Kevin Durant the ball. Um, uh, Jacob posted a reel about their opening actions that they've been running, uh, which was a force curl for a Kogi that a pin down with uh, DeAndre Ayton and uh, Kevin Durant, and they've gotten Ayton on the roll a few times. Kevin Durant in the uh, elbow area for a jumper. Um, so they're running off some pin downs. They're running their elbow actions. Uh, they're running some good uh, handoff pin down actions on the opposite side. Um, just getting off ball movement, on ball movement, uh, getting these mid range shooters uh, to their spots. Uh, we saw a great game against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, just to talk a little bit about the other guys, I feel like Josh Kogi's set himself in the starting five just because of what he does. He's a great, like he 
great energy guy. He's going to try to play his butt off on defense, cause havoc defensively, which is what they need. And then obviously he's not going to shoot 45% from three all the time. Uh, he had a rough game against Dallas, 0 for 8 from three. Excuse me. But, um, I mean, his defensive impact, he still had a great game. He had nine points, a few offensive re- big offensive rebounds, uh, was attacking the rim, getting to the line. Um, and then you're going to 95% of the time, you're going to have somebody else, whether it's TJ Warren and his limited minutes step up, uh, make a few big buckets. Terrence Ross could go for 20 any given night. Um, Sunday Sunday afternoon, it was Ish Wainwright came in in the fourth quarter and went four for five from three. So you're going to have somebody that will step up and whoever the hot hand is will most likely finish the game with that starting five in a close game. But the offense has seemed seamless. The defense does need to figure some stuff out. Uh, they're trying different stuff. They're switching less because people, uh, especially in the Dallas game, they were attacking mismatches such as Terrence Ross and um, Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton. So they're trying to switch less. They were hard showing uh, on ball screens. And then the, the one thing that stuck out to me that's been really good is them Xing out on the backside. I feel like they've been doing a very solid job of that, um, just off ball, like movement, just helping others. But they still need to figure a lot out. It's only been three games. It's nothing really to worry about just because Monty's still figuring stuff out. They're switching defensive uh, mindsets. So we'll see. Yeah, I'd say the offense, like, yeah, you hit it all with offense. Defense, I think, really needs to just figure it out. They got time. Uh, I do – I am surprised that the the switching isn't working. Uh, like, that's what – like, I didn't realize that, like, Aiton really isn't a switchable guy. Uh, but, like, you'll always have two guys on the floor that can't switch. So, it limits you. But – um. Overall, I think that watching them play, you can tell that they got that caliber that they're going to be able to turn it up to, but they're all still trying to get comfortable, figure things out. And it'll be interesting to see how they finish the year because, yeah, they went 3-0 and in their first three, and they had a huge win against Dallas. But I think, like, there's going to be some tests along the way. Like, they have OKC this week. That's not an easy game. They got Golden State, Milwaukee, um, we talked to Denver twice, like they got big tests to finish the year. So it'll be a matter of time till we get to see how they truly develop and flow and what we're going to expect to see in the playoffs. But uh, definitely a lot of fun stuff to watch with the Suns and their new look. Um, now, can we talk about Bing Bong and the Big Apple? Yeah, so uh, Bing Bong, guys. Uh, how many games in a row? Nine. Nine-game win streak for the New York Knicks. Uh, everyone looks phenomenal. They just came off of a double overtime win against the Boston Celtics in terms of when we are recording this. Uh, Emmanuel quickly played like 55 minutes. Like It was just a fun basketball game to tune into. Um, just from that game, I like. I think New York's a destination again. You add Jalen Brunson, how they filled out the bench. Uh, Julius Randle is genuinely like an all-star caliber player. Um, I just love what they got. Uh, 
both ends of the floor, they just work hard, compete, especially defensively. Tibbs is doing his thing in terms of defense. Like, you're going to have to work to get in. Uh, I just love what I see. I love what they're doing. Um, they're currently sitting at fifth in the East, um, which is huge for them. They have an opportunity if the Knicks, I mean, if the, if the Cavs slide. A game and a half. New York could be having home court advantage in the first round. Uh, having yourself an opportunity to play home games in the Garden could be massive. Um, and just looking at their last, at this stretch, they beat Miami, they beat Boston twice, Brooklyn, the Pels, the Wizards, Atlanta. They beat Brooklyn, they beat the Jazz. Their only loss. Their only losses in the last, how many games is that? Like 15? Is the Clippers and the Sixers, and they beat the Sixers before, right after they lost to the Clippers. Uh, just absolutely fantastic. In terms of some numbers, in the last two weeks, they're 6-0. and with a plus 15 point differential with the number two offensive rating and the number six defensive rating, just absolutely dominant at both ends. I love it. Um, Bing bong. Uh, it's just fun to have good basketball in New York. Do you agree? Yeah, no, they're playing. I love their offense. Like they're just all shooting with confidence. They're all touching the ball. They're moving it. Like I felt like early in the season, they were really stagnant. Like, it was like your turn, my turn, your turn, my turn between Randall, Brunson. Um, they had good actions getting them down to the left hand early in the year, and now they're just exploiting it. Um, and the help, uh, the play of Emmanuel quickly helps, I mean, tremendously. He's, especially in the last game, he just was having fun out there. He's just, he, like a lot of them are just having fun out there. It's a, it's a younger team. Um, and that's kind of what you got to do. You got to just like, you got all of the love for basketball that you came up with. So like keep playing with that joy and good things will happen and good things are happening right now in New York. Um, the addition of Josh Hart is just huge though. We've talked about that a few times on this podcast already. Um, I don't, do you have his numbers over since he joined? I know it's like, just like, just like plus minus and stuff like, that's like his his impact on the floor has been huge for the Knicks. Um, defensively, he adds another defender that which is what they needed. Um, offensively, hard on the glass. He's I feel like he's like an upgraded version of Josh Kogi, uh, talent wise. He is plus thirty two. Oh, twenty is that's average. That's expected. Oh, so um, plus thirty two wins. He's plus 23.1 point differential, <laughs> which is the best in the league. Minus 11.2 on defense. So he takes 11.2 points away from the other teams? When he's on the floor, teams score below their uh, points per 100 by 11. Oh, okay. Um, so he takes away like 11 points per possession when he's on the floor. Essentially. Point per per hundred possessions. Yeah. Um. And he adds a twelve points offensively per hundred possessions. Yeah. And 
Which is like that's that's the thing. Like that's like he's not an offensive player. Thirteen percent offensive rebound. Offensive, yeah. Add thirteen percent per hundred possessions. Okay. Um, yeah, no, he's just his impact is felt. His his impact is felt all over the place. Um, and it was it's so far it's been the best addition to a team, other than the big names, obviously. Uh, in the uh the trade deadline, sorry. Uh. And it's working out. They've are they still they're still undefeated since he joined, right? So I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Eleven. Actually, in terms of his counting numbers, eleven points per game, um, five rebounds, three assists, about two stocks. Um, dude's just a high impact guy. Make sure to check out the YouTube actually, because when the trade deadline happened, I made a video about featuring him and Mike Conley, just because I thought that those were two moves that would be massive. And now you got two teams with these guys pushing the needle. Uh, it's kind of exciting to see when actually content doesn't flop. Um, but uh, James Wiseman didn't flop. <laughs> well, that that's just I had to do the idea beforehand, dude. To travel. We had a streak last year. We had a streak last year of posting videos, and then like right after the week after, the guys just did horrible. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Don't have to tell me about it, but um, yeah. But to finish things off with the Knicks, uh. Offensively, the thing that I found really interesting watching because I got to watch the like last, yeah. So they're using Brunson as a right hand driver and letting everybody else play off of him to their left. Did you notice that? Yeah, a little bit. Just like being able to have that variety because you were even saying like at the beginning of the year it got stagnant because every like the whole offense was like go left, go left, go left, go left. Now you have Brunson, like, you let him go right, he could snake back to his left if he has to. Like, you're adding just variability in different direction. Didn't we look this up, like, what his, like, percentages were going to right? I remember Christmas time, because we were watching them on Christmas Day, and his right pull-up, like, he wasn't missing going to the right. Um, so, I mean, that that could also be a reason why they're – try to get more right-handed and that it's going to be better for them um, to not be as stagnant as they were. But yeah, I agree completely that they are like, that is something interesting. Like that's something I wouldn't have thought of uh, to try to get him to his right, uh, just to un, like make it less stagnant offensively. They're the same. Like forty percent success, no, no, no. or just forty? Oh, okay, yeah, forty percent of the time he's going to the right. Fifty-three, he's going to the left. Um, but yeah, but just adding that little bit of a different directionally attack. Like I don't know exactly how to word that, but just having that variety for a defense, like you have to guard both sides. Like you're not going to just load up when they're on the left and go in that way. So I thought that that's creative and just overall tough shot making by him and Julius Randle. Like 
that Miami game, it was tough shot after tough shot after tough shot. And and the Julius Randle winner, like that was absolutely like it was tough to watch, but it was fun basketball. Um to pivot and keep it out east, um, I think Josh after his uh tear talk is uh correct amundo though that the Bucks are gonna be in a tier by themselves almost, but I think that Denver's right there. Um Josh pointed out the seven through ten situation out east. Uh we're separate. Uh Miami is separating themselves and they're only two games out from six in the Brooklyn Nets. Um the Pacers Josh is pointing at. Pacers are really fun. Uh I've watched them throughout the year. I've like, but they haven't been healthy. Like that's like they're starting to get healthy now. And the, I mean, they gave Denver or not Denver. Sorry, they gave a Philly a run yesterday Monday. Uh, when you guys are listening to this, um, it was a four point game, high scoring game, but Indiana kind of controlled the game a lot of a lot of the time. Um, they got the Rockets coming up. Uh, is that Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. Um. So, I mean, they're only, what's it, two games out, two games back of uh, playing territory. Like, that's this is Indiana is a team that could definitely make a run. Yeah, they're only two games back from the 10 seed. So, Indiana is a team that could definitely make a run and get into the play in tournament. Excuse me. Um, and honestly, mess around and win, uh, get and play the one, play uh, Milwaukee. Like, they're that type of they 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 are that good. Um I mean they're streaky, they're young. Um, but Tyrese Hallenburton's effect on the game is just it's one of the best in the league. Tuesday night he had or Monday night, sorry, he had um forty and sixteen assists. Uh it's just insane the numbers he's putting up now uh in Indiana and it's it's fun to watch. Uh all the young pieces, young athletic guys. Uh, ben Matherin hasn't been talked about a lot lately, but he is still doing what he's doing, and he should deserve some talks about with uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, and then, I mean, uh, Jalen Smith has been doing solid, doing his job. Isaiah Jackson comes in and does his job for his limited minutes. TJ Warren looks really good um, in his backup role like Duarte, like all these guys uh, have just been doing their jobs, doing really well around Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald shooting the ball at a great rate. Um, they're, they just look, they're, they're fun. They're a fun team to watch. If you guys are trying to watch a young and fun team, them in Orlando at the bottom uh, in the trying to fight for a play in spot now uh, in the East, those are two fun frisky teams. If you try to watch fun teams, the Pacers, man, I, I adore that I can go for $10 a ticket just to go and watch Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin uh, get up and down. Uh, Miles Turner has had a great season. Um, very underrated guy. I just love what they have built. And I think piecewise, they have it in the right direction. Like, yes, this year they're fighting for that plan, uh, back end of the play-in spot. But I think in the future, like easily, I think next year they're going to be in the top eight. 
like another year of Tyrese Halliburton developing, another year of Benedict Matherin developing. Like they have a top five shooter in basketball right now, and Buddy Heald. Like they just have a lot that fits perfectly. I think Rick Carlisle is the right guy for them in terms of having an offense that's diverse, unique, gets the ball moving, um, and they have the right leader in Tyrese Halliburton. Yeah, he's like 23 years old, but somebody like him genuinely takes the reins of a team and he's that perfect voice for them. Um, And I just really like what they got going. Um, I think that I would probably say the Pacers make – the play-in over the Wizards is that 10 spot. Wizards have been playing good, but I'm a believer in Benedict Matherin and Tyrese Halliburton and what they got going. Um, And I just think that they have a better chance at actually like competing in the first round. So I kind of be more excited to see them in a playoff situation, but also, that would mean that they have to win two play-in games. So that would also be tough. So we'll see. They could do it. No, but right now you'd have to beat Miami and Atlanta. Um, Atlanta with Quinn right now. Had, did you notice anything that they've been doing that's like? I watched their first like two games. Well, there's only been like three. Yeah. No. But I think already that they've put Trey Young off the ball a ton. Like, I think, like, against Miami, like, yes, they're giving Trey Young his touches and stuff, but they're really, like, it just feels like he's off the ball a lot more, which he's getting awesome looks. I just think he's getting used to being off of it like that. And DeJounte Murray's great with the ball in his hands. So it's like it works. And then you got – uh, Capella's had double doubles. Like it's like Gobert. I didn't get a really watch watch. I was watching more of the other team. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we uh, we get to see Quinn have a high talent roster and just kind of figure it out. I think Sadiq Bay has been a really good pickup for them, um, especially late game situations. Having a guy like him on the floor, being able to always have versatile size. Uh, and I think that they're poised to like stay where they're at, but I think next year having Quinn for another year, um, having the summer to figure things out, I think that they could, uh, really have something that's cool, unique blender style offense on top of just being, having one of the best ball screen attacks in basketball. Yeah, no, I really like that point about like. Uh, Trey Young off ball, DeJounte Murray more on ball. That's what he thrived at in San Antonio. Uh, So put him back in those situations. And Trey Young's a pure scorer. So I feel like he could benefit from being off ball, even though he's a smaller uh, player, only about 6'2", 6 foot. Um, I still think that he'd be really good, especially, say, like off a zoom action, uh, being the handoff guy or be the – I, I just feel like I just feel like coming off. Um, there's a bad switch. He's open. But like coming off, coming downhill, you have Capella rolling. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Say you got Sadiq Bay pop, uh, pop into the corner. 
Like that. I'm imagining uh, Dejounte and Trey as the bottom of the zoom, like kind of like a split into the handoff. Yeah, um, you could do that too. Um, but that's a that's a good observation that they're switching that up a little bit. Uh, they lost their last two to Miami, but Miami has been. Miami needed those games, so Miami kind of turned up for that a little bit. Um, uh, do you want to talk about Cleveland? I wasn't able to watch them, so oh. I know you're. Donovan Mitchell needs to be in this MVP conversation. Like every time I tune in, and it is a close game or any type of big time matchup, I swear that this guy is the best player on the floor. Last night, yes, uh, or in the Monday night matchup between Cleveland and Boston. Um, Boston was not healthy, but Cleveland, like Donovan Mitchell was the guy late game. Last five minutes, he was out there just doing whatever he had to do to Will's team to victory, 11 points in the last five minutes in overtime. Um, Darius Garland's that perfect side piece. Evan Mobley has been exploding offensively. Like I, he's been clicking more and more. Um, Jared Allen does his job at the highest level. And I think by committee, they're filling that wing spot perfectly. I think Okoro, um, Dean Wade, Chetty Osman, all those guys are just doing the job that they need to perfectly. Karis LeVert had a great game. Like that committee of four guys to fill that wing spot is like, perfect for them and it's really fun to watch when it is clicking um on top of that they've had a great defense all season so just giving them their flowers like I think that I I've been saying this for a couple weeks now but I do think that the Cleveland Cavaliers are bound to make a run in the east possibly with Boston sliding a little bit five and five in their last 10 losing three in a row um I think the door is open for Cleveland, especially once the schedule gets to the lighter side of things, um, that they can get their way to the two. And I don't think that I would be surprised. Uh, The top of the East outside of Milwaukee is very, very tight. Um, There's four and a half games between Boston, Philly, and Cleveland. So there could be movement up there for home court. I think the Bucs are going to kind of just be cruising. Uh, <laughs> they've only lost one in their last 16, 15, 16, something like that. Uh, they look great. So it'll be cool to see what happens. But uh, I do think the Cavs are built for a playoff run. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm unfortunately able to watch most of their games because of the whole blackout uh, for league pass uh, in Ohio. Um, so I will not be putting my two cents in on this one, but Jacob talks very highly about <laughs> the caps. Um, but yeah, as he said, the top of the East is, it's getting tighter. Um, Brooklyn fell, like we said, they, like we thought they would after those trades. Um, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if New York climbs up to a four, three seed. Um, if they keep winning like this, like people are going to lose. So like there's a possible, there's always a possibility, um, but it'll be fun to see how it all shakes out uh, in the last few weeks of basketball. Who's, who's in the top six? 
I feel like Brooklyn falls down, Miami gets a six, and then it stays like this. Different se- different seedings, though, um, as far as the top six goes. So it'll be uh, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Cavs, Knicks, Heat, and then Nets, Hawks, Raptors, and I think the Pacers get in instead of the Wizards. You just gaslit I said that I brought them up before you brought up the Pacers and I said I wouldn't be surprised if they get in that spot and then you said yeah I feel like they're going to take out the Sixers or the Wizards yeah yeah so I said it first actually so don't don't take credit for what I'm saying okay okay but yeah I feel like it's going to shake out like that um so I mean we'll see we'll see how it all like the uh, real standings will end up uh and then we've talked about the West a ton, uh, how tight it is. We talked about it in the beginning of the podcast, but still must watches are the Raptors. I said this last week. I think that the Raptors have the roster to be a top six team. Um, it's just the town in the East is so good and they started so rocky that they won't be, but that tune in six and four in their last 10, they lost a tough one to Denver on Monday night. I think that they're built for a run, and uh, it should be a fun team to watch. And I agree with everything Josh kind of said with the seedings. I think that those same things are going to happen, but don't sleep on the Orlando Magic. But with all that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Just Hoops podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, and YouTube for more basketball content. And until next time, peace.